We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with Bill Querbies, the owner of the third place team in the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship, a contest that will award more than $2.3 million in prizes, including a $250,000 grand prize. Querbies has numerous FPC league titles to his name, including winning second place overall in the FPC regular season points championship. In this episode, he and I break down the value in both the Tampa and San Francisco backfields where the fantasy points can be found in Indianapolis's passing attack minus T.Y. Hilton and the new normal of Melvin Gordon returning to the Chargers in Week 5. You can follow Querbies on Twitter at bquerbies one Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast. 
Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here is 2019 Football Guys Players Championship third place team owner, Bill Querbees. Kicking off this last uh, episode of the High Stakes Lowdown for the month of September, as I believe, yeah, we will be in October next week. It is the third place team owner and former what runner-up, I believe, in the Football Guys Players Championship regular season points title from a few years back uh, in his pursuit for a $250,000 grand prize this year. It's Bill Querbees. Bill, thanks so much for uh, doing the show this week, man. Hey, Eric. Uh, doing well. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking some football. It's uh, it's always exciting. It's always fun to talk with uh, six much more successful players than I am. So I, I plan on picking your brain heavily tonight. You know, it's not often that we get to sort of break news. And we're not really breaking news. But we are going to have the um, uh, opportunity to talk about something that just recently happened as we are recording here on Wednesday night. And that's that Melvin Gordon is ending his holdout. Now, the, the news that we have is that he will not be playing week four in a fantasy dream matchup. Uh, against the Dolphins, but maybe week five he will be ready to go in some capacity, whether that's the bell cow, whether he's splitting with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, that remains to be seen. So let's talk about this a little bit, Bill, and this is directly going to affect you because the team that you're in third place overall in the FPC uh, has Austin Eckler on it. I'm kind of curious as to a uh, two-part question here. A, um, what what do you expect from Melvin Gordon? When does he get back to being Melvin Gordon? Um, is it next week? Is it the week after? Is it later? Does it not happen um, because of the success of Austin Eckler? And then uh, B, what are you doing with Austin Eckler? Is he still going to be a flex play for you at least on this team? Or what do you advise fantasy owners to do going forward now that we're getting some more clarity on this Chargers backfield? Yeah, this is a tricky one for me because I have a lot of Eckler, and as you mentioned, on this kind of one one uh, really good team I have, um, you know, I think I think you know you you got to think the first couple of weeks they'll probably ease him back in. You know, he's probably been working out, but probably isn't in football shape at this point. So you got to think Eckler for you know at least we'll probably get the, you know the better um, you know two thirds of the share or something like that when he first comes back. Um, but after that, you know, it's. Um, you know, particularly as you get towards late in the season where you're, where you're trying to pick up wins and then get into the championship round, it, it does scare you a little bit in terms of, um, you know, is he is he back to a 50-50 role? Is, is Eckler kind of kind of continue to get, you know, something like 60-40? Um, you know, so it'll be interesting. We'll kind of just have to play it by year. And kind of see how it goes week to week and you know it pro- probably depends how he how he's doing in terms of uh, you know how he's how the team's thinking about him if he stayed on good terms and if you know they're they're um or if they're kind of going to say all right we're just going to let this guy play you know pick up a few snaps here and there so it'll be interesting to see how they play it is is he the type of guy i mean like if you own eckler uh, obviously you're playing him this week because of the the dream match against miami but going forward you know let's say week five and, and let's say that melvin gordon is indeed going to get let's say 10 touches, maybe between, let's say between 10 and 12 touches. Does Austin Eckler, is he still on the flex radar for you at that point? Or is this the type of thing like, well, I know they're saying 10 to 12, but they love to have Melvin Gordon back. So I think it's going to be more. I'm probably going to set Eckler. How, how are you playing it if, if that scenario presents itself? Yeah, it kind of depends on the on the team. I mean, I think I think on this particular team, I went really wide receiver heavy. So you know, he's kind of like you know my RB two. So you know, I'll probably continue to just roll him out there because I don't know that I have you know something that's clearly a better option at the second running back spot. But 
know, a couple other teams that I have on him that I got him, you know, maybe a little bit earlier in the drafting season later. And he's maybe like, you know, I have, th- I have three, you know, kind of good running backs. And that's something where, you know, if he starts really splitting time and it really cuts into his workload, then I'm kind of maybe looking to potentially swap in a wide receiver or something in the, in the um, you know, flex spots at that point. Let's keep the conversation on your third place football guys team and on your backfield specifically. And I want to talk to you about the 401 selection in this draft of Mark Ingram. Um, this is interesting to me because as I look at the draft board, there are a lot of hyped up guys that went in the fourth round of this draft. Guys like Derrick Henry, Marlon Mack, Sony Michelle, David Montgomery, I think all enjoyed at least a significant period of, of being hyped up in the drafting season. You went with Mark Ingram. That looks like a great pick so far. Tell us a little bit about why Ingram stood out to you above those other four guys at that spot. Yeah, I mean, I think I think with a couple of them, it was pretty easy, kind of, you know, full PPR, like, you know, people like Derrick Henry and Marlon Mack probably aren't going to catch a ton of passes. So so that was kind of um, people that I weren't, wasn't particularly targeting at that spot. Um, you know, Sony Michelle, again, you know, there's just the Patriots backfield is every year. There's so many guys and this year. It seemed like there was just like even more, you know, there's four people that could have been potentially involved. So he wasn't somebody I was really looking to take there either. And, um, you know, I think I, you know, I had been reading, um, you know, football guys, um, stuff and particularly Matt Waldman and he was very high in Mark Ingram. He had him as like a, you know, early to mid third round pick. So, I kind of liked him there and I kind of thought, you know, um, you know, with another year under his belt with Lamar Jackson, kind of hopefully if he even became you know, mildly competent of a passer and with his mobility that that would really help the run game as well. So um, he was kind of the pick for me there. I mean, I think I think with Montgomery, you know, he was he was in one of those situations where you know i tried to avoid you know it's hard enough these days with so many so many uh, running backs and kind of at least two-way timeshares but you know they still had um you know mike davis still had you know cohen who was going to get a lot of pass catching work so i was a little worried about exactly what his workload would be particularly early in the season and those tend to be guys where you know early in the season if they start slow that can really hurt your team um you know they, they may pop um later on but it might be too late for some of those teams so um, you know, that's kind of why, why I went with Ingram there. And, and, and as, as you look at Ingram, not only in this team, but, and I don't know if you have him on any other teams, but assuming you do, are you, did you also draft or did you also pick up any handcuffs there? I mean, do you have any justice Hill? Do you have any Gus Edwards backing up Mark Ingram in Baltimore right now? Or is there not a whole lot of value if Ingram were to go down for either one of those guys? Yeah, it's a little tricky because you kind of wonder what they would do there. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I I do have Justice Hill more from a little bit earlier in the drafting season, but the hype on him got so high by the end that I, I kind of stopped taking him towards the you know second half of August or whatever. Um, I do have a couple uh, late round shares of Gus, Gus Edwards. I had him in some earlier kind of um, season best ball stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I do think, you know, that that running back spot's pretty valuable. And, you know, there could be some ugly ugly stat lines where he, you know, gets a few rushing yards, but scores a couple touchdowns. So I think that's still, um, you know, somebody that I would, either of those guys kind of keeping as a, um, you know, as a backup spot on your bench isn't, wouldn't hurt. I think the ultimate dream for a lot of FFPC players who, who play in the tight end premium format, if they are not going to draft a, an elite tight end, like one of the big three this year, or even Evan Engram or, or anybody like that, the dream is to wait on it and then hit on, one tight end and maybe get a decent number two but i gotta tell you in this draft as i look at your eighth and ninth round picks for tight ends for waiting on the position you get austin hooper and then darren waller who's been absolutely bananas so far 
why did fantasy owners, and I guess you don't, you can't really answer this honestly because you hopped on them in the eighth and ninth, but why did fantasy owners let both of these guys slip given what we've seen from them um, so far this year? And what stood out to you as far as those two players to make them your selections where you did in this football guys league? Yeah, I mean, I think for both of them, kind of different reasons, you know, in the, when I wait, I, you know, people in the FFPC, people have a very uh, strong stance on uh, tight ends. And I mean, I was seeing some of these drafts that people were doing like, you know, three tight ends in the first five or six rounds, which was just like ludicrous to me. Um, so I was kind of more of a load up on running back and wide receiver and then kind of wait a tight end. And, you know, I felt I felt like Austin Hooper was like a good kind of, um, you know, for a guy that I could kind of count on that has been pretty reasonable in the past and maybe has been kind of improving and potentially had some upside. And then Darren Waller, when you saw like what what how, um, you know, they used the tight end in Oakland last year with Jared Cook, you know, it just felt like he was very athletic and had a ton of upside. And, you know, I, I had been hopping up a few rounds on him in a couple of drafts um, just prior to that. And then here it just found, felt like a, a great place to take him. Yeah, 26 catches for Darren Waller on the season through three games on 29 targets. So not only is he catching the ball, he's being very efficient about it. Hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but you got to believe that that's going to come. It's going to be pretty difficult for him to be that involved in the offense and, and not find a way to get in the end zone. So I think big, 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 big time ahead for Darren Waller. Could be a potential league winner for these FFPC formats, too. You never know, given where people are getting them. They might be loaded at receiver and running back, and then you get Darren Waller, who could conceivably finishes like a top three top five tight end could be huge we will be paying attention to that throughout the 2019 season moving over to the west coast or i guess staying on the west coast since we're talking about uh, the raiders is there any value bill in in the 49ers backfield now now they're going to be on bye this week but in in week five tevin coleman could be back jeffrey wilson has been getting goal line uh, uh work and getting those the the vultured touchdowns there raheem mostert has been a factor in, in I don't want to say splitting the carries with Matt Breida, but it's been pretty close. As far as, you know, again, not week four because they're all on bye. But going forward, are, are any of these guys startable? I mean, they all have a certain amount of value to be rostered, but I don't know if any of these guys should be in fantasy lineups going forward. Yeah, it's it's just kind of an absolute mess there, right? It's, it's hard enough when there's three guys involved, and now there could potentially be four guys involved. So, you know, I, I mean, I have you know, different shares of each of these these guys you know I've, i picked up Mostert in a couple of leagues and you know i had a bunch of shares of breda um and you know i'm, I'm kind of just gonna hold tight on these guys and you know fortunately um or unfortunately for them um none of them can stay healthy right so you got to think there's going to be another point in the season where one or two of them go down and maybe you can get back to where there's just a two-way timeshare one person maybe still standing and at that point they'll they'll be um usable again yeah and, and i think that's 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 underrated too you know i i, I listen to a lot of um a podcast where you know the 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 air kind of goes out of the balloon a lot of times when you get this window of of fantasy viability for these running backs and the air goes out of the balloon when the starter comes back well yes the starter's coming back but he's coming back off an injury and just because he's healthy now this is another great melvin gordon point you know just because he's reporting now and just because he is you know slated to play week five for the chargers 
That doesn't guarantee him health all season. Uh, and that's the reason you don't part with guys like Justin Jackson or any of these Niners running backs because, or, you know, the Chiefs running backs is, is uh, backfield is another great example of that. So you you got to find a way to keep guys like that on your roster because when they do run and when they do get that opportunity, they run very hot and, and they make for great starts uh, in your lineup, no question. Uh, let's, let's talk about the Buccaneers backfield, sort of attack it the same way. Peyton Barber. Ronald Jones, Dario Gunbowale, none of them are really worth starting right now. But with the buys, again, as I alluded to earlier, now we're hitting them and we're going to hit them down for the next couple of months. Would you be willing to drop any of those guys off your roster in a pinch? Are any of these guys worthy to keep on your roster? I think you brought it up with the, with the Niners. These guys are worth keeping around. With the Buccaneers, it's a little bit different given that they don't rely on the run near as much as the Niners do. Would you be willing to drop any of these guys? Yeah, I mean, I think I think definitely, and you get to this kind of hard part of the season where you know you can't you can't keep all these guys when you need to pick up you know an extra um, you know kind of fill in guy. Um, you know, I think I would I would probably definitely drop um, a couple of these guys pretty soon. But the you know the I can't even pronounce his name Agamawali. Um, I think I, I already dropped him in one league. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, it, it's been a little bit strange. Peyton Barber looked good week two. Ronald Jones kind of came on last week. So still trying to see how that kind of plays out longer. You know, I, I, I saw a couple people make a quick drop on Ronald Jones and, you know, I, I'm, I fired in a few waiver claims for him this week just to kind of see what happens. Yeah, no, I'm with you on, you know, Barber and Jones, I think are still too involved. Ogunba Wale, I actually did drop in a league today. Um, I, I have to place a few more waivers yet tonight, but I plan on, you know, he's probably going to be one of my, uh, drops uh, if you know I'm target. Like I'd rather I don't even like Wayne Gallman. I'd much rather have Wayne Gallman than Dario Gunbowale right now. You know what I mean? Just with the opportunity. For sure. I think I think that goes without saying. Um, but yeah, I I think that you have to look at the ceiling with these guys and and knowing what you're doing when you're dropping them. And certainly this with Tampa Bay running backs, um, it's night and day between backup running backs in Kansas City and backup running backs in Tampa. All right, let's let's get into this uh, this this trade that happened uh, this week. The Seahawks traded Nick Vanette uh, to the Steelers after Vance McDonald hurt, uh, got hurt. Um, and I should preface this by saying something I didn't realize initially, but Xavier Grimble, who's the blocking tight end for the Steelers, actually also got hurt. And I, I see this Vanette trade, and I just automatically assume, okay, well this he's going to be the guy now for Pittsburgh with McDonald, but. Um, Tomlin said today he's actually hopeful that Monday night Vance McDonald is still out there. So I'm looking at at, at this Steelers situation, and I don't know how many people are going to make the same mistake I almost did in waivers, but Vanette, there might not be much fantasy value here, and it might be still Vance McDonald running things as far as the tight end position goes in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and this is one where I'm kind of not that interested. I mean, I think I think it's going to take him some time to kind of learn a new system. And I mean, he's playing with a backup quarterback. It's not like he's going right into play a little bit of a different situation. I'm actually more excited to go in Seattle and kind of potentially getting more snaps. And um, you know, I think that's a that's a situation where he could be he could be decent. Um, as long as we're talking about the Steelers, Bill um, Dante Moncrief, I think we can agree is his ship has sailed in Pittsburgh. Deontay Johnson, James Washington, if you only have one spot on your roster the rest of the season for one of those Steelers uh, receivers, which one do you like better? Which one are you rostering between those two as the number two receiver for Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, I think, unfortunately, the choice with those two is neither for me. <laughs> you know, you don't I, like either. I, one. I can't see. 
I can't see either of them being like a high impact player this season with, you know, with the backup quarterback situation. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of like, you know, barely going to keep Juju afloat. And, um, you know, I think if I had to pick, I'd probably take uh, Deontay Johnson, but it's tough. So before we move on, I want to let you know about one of our sponsors here on the show this week. It is Harry's Razors. Harry's, uh, you know, one thing, uh, I don't know about you, Sean, I'm not a big fan of shaving, so I wanted a razor that's going to be very comfortable. So uh, that's what I, I like about Harry's. And of course, the main thing I like about them is razors are just so expensive if you go to the supermarket. So it's a real uh, boost. So I, I always love having people involved in the show that have really quality products. And we only want to advertise the best products. And Harry's is certainly one of them. You can join the 10 million who have tried Harry's razors now you can claim your special offer by going to harrys.com forward slash blue wire why try Harry's it's very simple Harry's founders were two regular guys just like me and you Sean tried tired of getting ripped off and overpaying for razors so I can really abide by that Harry's make quality durable blades at a fair price just two dollars per blade if you don't love your shave let them know and they'll give you a full refund listeners to the show can get a trial set over at harry's which comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip it is five blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade for a close shave rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great and a travel lid cover to help keep your razor dry and easy on the go make sure you head on over to harry's now to get your trial set that is harry's.com forward slash blue wire once again that is harry's.com forward slash blue wire also, one of our loyal sponsors here in the show has been MyBookie. I want to let you know about them. And obviously, at the end of a hard week, I mentioned last week I didn't have much action on the NFL. Played a lot of DFS, so it didn't have any bets on. But I know this week there's a couple of games that I like the luck of already. It's early in the week, but there's some action that will be taking place. And it will be taking place for me at MyBookie. Game on in touchdowns and two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sideline with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to do it than with MyBookie. Jump on over to mybookie.ig. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than other sportsbooks. Don't forget, where you are betting is just as important as who you are betting with, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should too. We have been mentioning it throughout the offseason and into the season. They will double your first deposit, and that is up to $1,000. You can use the code ROTOVIZ to activate that offer when you sign up for an account. Visit mybookie online today. That's mybookie, and don't forget to use the promo code ROTOVIZ. Bet, win, get paid. Do you um yeah and I know like Wayne Gallman was was owned in many leagues he he is uh, prior to this week I should say he is still available in some and in those leagues he is going to be a hot waiver wire ad I actually just got um uh, waivers processed in one of my uh, leagues uh, a couple hours ago and I was actually surprised I, I put in a, a meager bid uh, in on him about um, I would say 12 percent of my cap. Uh, from the start of the season, I didn't think I would get him, and I did. I was actually really surprised. Um, but I think people are going to go crazy a little bit on him, especially the Barkley owners, who you know, especially ones that are out to like a two and one or three and zero start that really need the production there and just need to stay afloat here until Barkley gets back for the for the fantasy playoffs. Um, how crazy are you willing to get with uh, bidding on Wayne Gallman if he is available in any of your leagues? Are, are you a Gallman believer? Or is this a guy that you'd rather see him go to a different team? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little lukewarm. I mean, he's he in terms of talent level, he's just kind of a guy. So, I mean, I don't he's you know he's he you know I think he's um, not not coming into a great situation. 
Um, and, you know, but at the same time, I think when you look at these waiver wires, right, any starter kind of has some value, right? So I, I think at a, at a minimum, I'm definitely placing some, um, you know, some, some at least, you know, minimum bids, you know, 10, 10, 15% in, you know, any leagues where I see them available. And then, you know, in a couple of leagues where I have Saquon, I've kind of made maybe a little bit bigger of a bid um, in those cases. And, you know, he could, he could potentially um, maybe keep you afloat and, um, you know, potentially fill in on some bye weeks, assuming that they don't, they don't sign somebody else. Hey, so I, this is interesting because in the, I probably have Saquon Barkley in, Oh, maybe three leagues this year, maybe four. Um, and in and in all of those leagues, Bill, I never handcuffed Wayne Gallman to him because he he violated one of the rules uh, of of me uh, of the rules I have for handcuffs, and that in the fact that I don't think he's very good. <laughs> and yeah. I don't, yeah, and exactly. I, and and not only that, I don't think the Giants' offense as a whole is really good. So I kind of looked at yeah. it. It's like, well, what's the point of rostering Wayne Gallman here? when when he has such limited ceiling and there's no there's no telling if Barkley were to go down if he would even be the guy and so yeah. I, I ignored him in, in all my leagues did you roster I'm right there with okay I'm right there my, with you that yeah. was my question I didn't you, you didn't draft Gallman in any league I didn't take him in any Barkley in okay no and for the not a single reason, one right? I mean there's I mean, there's just there was so many more higher upside backups that were you know available in the late rounds, right? There's no reason to be taking somebody like that, right? Yeah, no, I didn't either. I, I just and I think you're right. You know, it's just I, I said to myself too when I was doing the draft, I'm like, okay, well, am I going to be ticked if Barkley were to go down for the season or, or for several weeks and and Gallman, I miss out on him, and I was like, no, I'm not going to be upset. You know, and and I'll I'll, I'll get him for cheap, like you kind of had the same approach. I'll get him for cheap, and I'll be like, okay, he's a starting running back, whatever, but I'm certainly not breaking the bank for him uh, at all. Moving on to Indianapolis. It's not looking great for T.Y. Hilton right now. This is a guy who came into last week's game a little banged up, re-aggravated an injury, tried to play through it for a few plays, and then had to go out, miss the rest of the game. Now, if he does indeed miss the game against uh, the Raiders in Indianapolis this week, are you willing to start any other Colts receivers into your lineups knowing that Hilton is not going to be out there gobbling up targets from Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, again, this is another situation where I don't know that uh, – I mean, Brissett's been pretty pretty decent, but I don't, I don't know that I'm dying to start anybody besides T.Y. Hilton other than maybe Marlon Mack. You know, I think um, he's somebody where, you know, I actually thought as soon as luck was out, I'm like, oh, boy, that just totally craters his value. But he's he's actually been okay. They've been actually able to run the ball, and I think at home – against Oakland, he's probably, if I was looking to start anybody on, on Indy, it would be him. Um, let's talk about uh, Carolina. He, I, I, it's insane. You know, I know that the, the season's underway and injuries and personnel changes um, uh, happen every single year. But it, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just seems this year that I don't think there's been more injuries. It just seems like the injuries that have happened have affected teams as a whole more, you know, whether it be one of the quarterbacks or Barkley or anybody like that going down. Um, but let's look at Carolina because Cam Newton. Now we're finding out that this Liz Frank thing could sign line him for quite a while. And Kyle yep. Allen looked really good last week. Granted, it was a pretty good matchup. Um, and we know Christian McCaffrey is going to be started no matter what. I mean, you or I could be quarterback for Carolina, and people are still going to be starting Christian McCaffrey in their lineups. What other Panthers do you believe in while Kyle Allen is is the quarterback for Carolina, if any? I mean, he he actually, you know, I saw him a little bit last week, and he looked pretty good. And I mean. 
you know, I think, you know, um, you know, Greg Olson's a savvy veteran. He's still getting open and still making plays. Um, you know, so he, he actually has looked good. Come can't seem to have come back healthy this year, but I mean, I think DJ Moore is the guy, right? He's, he's just such an emerging star. And, um, you know, I think if, if I had to trust one person who continues to get the looks and produces, it would be him. Do you have, how did you just curiously, how did you fall in on the whole DJ Moore versus Curtis Samuel debate in, in drafting season? I mean, they weren't, they started off so far apart um, in in where they were going, and I think as the as drafting season came closer and closer uh, to to the start of week one, they got closer and closer in ADP. Moore was dropping, Samuel was rising. So then it wasn't necessarily a question of what value do you like more. It became a question of which player do you like more. How did you treat Curtis Samuel in your drafts? Do you have any shares of him? What what's your belief system on him now going forward? Yeah, I mean he he was a he was one of those guys where. He, he was just climbing and climbing and climbing. And by the time I got to the second half of August, I was looking at, and there were, there were, he was going just other guys. I liked in those rounds better that I would, that I tend to be taking. Um, you know, I, I have a couple uh, shares of him where, where I, where I think he kind of fell to a more reasonable range. But I mean, in my opinion, kind of late in the summer, I felt DJ Moore was the better value just because he seemed to be sliding down and, and um, you know, given his talent, I just felt like he was, he tended to be a better pick late in the drafting season than I thought um, Samuel was. I, I was definitely um, all aboard the DJ Moore train from the get-go, and I actually started questioning myself. You know, it's one thing to be strong in your convictions, but a lot of times when it seems like the, the entire fan, or the, you know, a large, at least a minimum of a large plurality of the fantasy community is on a, on board a guy, I tend to step back and, and kind of reevaluate. Okay, well, why did I why did I like DJ Moore? Am, am I wrong? Do I need to adjust? You know, and I don't think I really backed off of it too much, and I feel pretty good that I didn't. I do wish I would have gotten Samuel in a couple of more spots, um, but it is what it is. I'm, I'm glad I definitely have more more uh, than uh, than Curtis Samuel going forward. So we know that you're not going to attack Wayne Gallman uh, on the waiver wire in the leagues. He's still available this week, Bill. Is there another player that you really, really want uh, that's high on your shopping list here this week? Or is this kind of a week where nobody's really standing out to you when you place your waivers? Yeah, you know, I didn't I didn't look in across my at least the leagues I was in, which are all mostly FSP, FFPC leagues. You know, I didn't I didn't see a ton of guys that I really had to have. But the one guy rather than kind of throwing a ton of money at Wayne Gullman that I kept I, I, I did see in a few spots that I put, put some nice bids on was Daryl Williams. And I think, um, you know, when, you know, you kind of look at, you know, these guys from the waivers, you're kind of looking for guys like, okay, you know, some, you know, maybe they're not coming into the immediately the ideal situation, but like if a couple of things break, right, these could kind of be season winners or guys that could have massive impact. And I think, you know, let's, let's, let's put it this way. Wait, McCoy's already kind of banged up, left the game late last week. Williams has been injured, still isn't practicing this week. You know, the field is, you know, that's that's clearly, you know, uh, you know, a league winning uh, you know, type of situation if, if things crack. Right. So, you know, with a couple of these other guys broken down, I mean, he he, I think, had like six targets last week, um, you know, six catches, six targets. Um, you know, so so he was heavily involved. So, yeah, he's he's certainly somebody that um, I'd be very happy to add on a few teams this week. Um, I Let me ask you this, because this is something that I faced. Um, I was actually. I was going out to meet a few friends for to watch the Packers game here in Northeast Wisconsin, and I was getting I was all set and I thought my all my lineups are all good and boom I get the update on my phone from I think it was Adam Teicher the the, the Chiefs ESPN reporter said that well if you go by pregame warmups it looks like Daryl Williams is starting followed by Darwin Thompson and then Lashawn McCoy and I had roughly 40 minutes to kind of figure 
what I was going to do with my Thompson teams, my McCoy teams, and I actually ended up having a couple of Williams teams. I, I didn't realize I picked them up in a couple of leagues, but I did. When when something like ha- that happens for you, and we'll, I guess we'll just use that as an example, how did you handle it? Did you have any shares of, of any of those Chiefs running backs? And did it affect your starting lineups as um, you know we got closer and closer to kickoff where you're kind of reevaluating and rethinking what you were doing? Yeah, it was it was actually kind of funny. I actually kind of got a little lucky on this one because I, I did have Damian Williams in a couple of leagues. Somehow it just happened that um, you know one of the leagues I had driven Rex Burkhead in the late rounds, and then another league I picked him up like the first week on waivers. And so when the James White news happened, I said, "Oh sweet, this is like my lucky day." So I just swapped Rex Burkhead in in two situations for Damian Williams and ended up going that route rather than kind of rolling the dice on whether McCoy was fully healthy or going with Darrell Williams. So I actually got bailed out by Rex Burkhead. It was kind of, it was actually kind of good because Rex Burkhead actually made up for all the teams that he's to me on last year. So, so it was actually quite good. I like it. I like it quite a bit. I actually, um, I, I, I had that situation too, where it's weird because I have James White in I think three spots, but I didn't have Burkhead on any of them. So I had to roll a different way, but I did actually play Burkhead in one other league um, that <clears throat> I got a fa- I can't remember what, Somebody got hurt, and I, I didn't really have a good solution, and um, then missed out on the waiver wire, and, and I was kind of like, well, I'm going to be starting garbage as my second running back. And then when that white news <laughs> came out, I was pretty happy to see. As I, I was also bailed out by Rex Burkhead uh, last week in one of my leagues. I think I got destroyed anyway, so it didn't matter. But that's neither here nor there, Bill. Nobody cares about my <laughs> Let's move on. You've been very gracious with your time here tonight. Let's talk about week three, uh, or excuse me, week four coming up here. A player that you think a lot of players are actually going to be starting in the FPC and the FFPC that you think would actually probably be better off on their benches. <clears throat> and then conversely, other side of the coin, one player that most people will sit this week that you actually think should probably be in their starting lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think the this this sit actually kind of pains me because I love this guy um, in terms of his talent, his route running, and it's Stefan Diggs. And, you know, when you look at, um, you know, how he's been doing the first three weeks, I mean, two targets week one, um, he's just not, um, you know, I, I, I it pains me to do it, but there's a couple spots where, um, you know, I have him where I have, you know, drafted a lot of, um, you know, uh, depth at, at wide receiver and a couple cases have other running backs. So I was actually curious on a couple of leagues where I have digs, I was going to kind of get your opinion on a couple potential um, alternatives for him and see what you would do. Oh yeah, fire away! This is always fun. I, I love doing this. Yeah, go ahead. So, so you have yeah. It, so are they all are they all um, wide receivers, or do you have some flex in here too that we can? Talk yeah, about? they're they're in flexes. So the first one is I have Diggs, but I could I could play Burkhead, uh, McCoy, or Sutton over him. Okay, so Burkhead, McCoy, or Sutton. This is interesting. Um, well, initially, I'll tell you this right now. I'm I'm leaning towards uh, Diggs uh, over all those guys. I know I, I like you said it's not the greatest of matchups. Um, I like him better than Burkhead. Um, Sutton is interesting because we're finding out that Jalen Ramsey is, uh, you know, it's like the, it's the excuse of the day. First he was sick, then he had a bad back or whatever it was. And now it's his, his son or his wife is giving birth. So I don't know what it's going to be tomorrow, but he couldn't miss. Um, so uh, I'm still leaning digs over Sutton. Who was the other guy you said besides Burkhead? It was it was McCoy with Damian Williams still not practicing. Oh yeah, um, boy, I I think I'm ah that's that's the closest one for me. I'm probably they're gonna, tough. I'm I'm probably gonna lean. Uh, I guess I would go McCoy there, but man, that's close. But to me, those are those are the two. I like all, both those guys a lot better than Burkhead 
and uh, Sutton yep. this week. But I, I yep. guess I would lean McCoy right now. The only way I, I guess I would play Diggs is if Williams does practice tomorrow or Friday and it's looking like he's going to play, then it's obviously um, Diggs. But I think right now I go McCoy. Sure. Yeah, so that was that was one of the one of the options, and then the other one I have um, the, the the other two options are either Calvin Ridley or or MVS. Calvin Ridley, I believe, is at home. Yeah, he's at home against uh, the Titans. You know, I I'm a Packers guy, um, and and I don't uh, I, I I love the I love following him this year. It's great. Valdez Scantling to me is still just sort of a, a dart throw at this point. Like unless he catches that deep ball. Um, it's so difficult for him to have value. And this is after actually after he had 10 targets last week, too. He, this is a get-right game for the Packers' offense, I think, against a, a sort of a beat-up and underperforming Eagles secondary going tomorrow mm-hmm. night. Um, I'm actually going to roll with, I think, my favorite one out of that receiving trio is actually Calvin Ridley at home against the Titans. Yep. I, I think that's the way I would lean there. Um, I think I like I like him significantly better than, than MVS, and, and I think that's the smart play over, over Diggs. Yep. Cool. Thanks for your thanks for your uh, well, advice. Well, I, I hope it's right. You now we have this documented on on uh, on the radio of of these picks. So I hope I end up looking smart, which has never really happened to me before. Um, <laughs> is is there is there a player that that's a sleeper this week for you? Uh, a player that um, that I don't know, not necessarily that you're playing, but that um, you know maybe somebody has Le'Veon Bell, maybe they have you know um, George Kittle or somebody like that who's on by, and they got to flip somebody in there. Is there somebody that you can recommend to them? Yeah, the, the the one I was going to say is, you know, given the, uh, you know, we, we mentioned this briefly earlier, given the Cam Newton news, you know, I had to, I had to pick up a couple quarterbacks um, this week, and you know, I actually grew up in New York, has been been a Giants fan forever, and I think I, you know, would take Danny Dimes right off the waiver wire and drop him right into my lineup, and feeling pretty good, you know, playing against Washington this week in terms of that matchup. I will actually second that. I did not. I was telling everybody and their mother there is no reason to pick up Daniel Jones this week. There absolutely, unless you play in like a two quarterback league where all the quarterbacks are owned, just give it a week. Well, now if you gave it a week, you probably missed out because I actually like him quite a bit this week as a starter. Yeah. Too. I mean, like maybe you had Garoppolo or, or whatever with, like you said, all the quarterback injuries. I think Daniel Jones is a fine start this week. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but this is where we are here. Not, it's not even October, and I'm already praising Daniel <laughs> Jones. I never thought that would happen at all. Um, it, good stuff tonight, Bill. I, I really appreciate you joining me. Good luck, not only in the uh, Football Guys League. Hopefully you can take down that 250 grand this year. Good luck in all your leagues this year, and, and always good talking fantasy football with you. I will talk to you again real soon, and enjoy week four, dude. Thanks for doing the show. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Eric. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.